This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. My next today, before I get to the Kaliyashar, just in this week's parsha, um, so much stuff in this week's parsha is so alive today. It's unbelievable. It's scary. It's really scary. Um, it says the following. When you say in your heart, oh, this, the whole world's against us, right? Rabbi's going, how am I going to, how, how are we going to, how are we going to inherit them? How are we going to, how are we going to win this? Right? We got bad PR. Don't worry. Remember what Hashem did to Paro in Mishraim. Okay, then, says something here amazing. He says, he says by Koyhain the following. Listen to this. And you will eat the nations. You know, it's an expression. That will Hashem will give to you. Don't don't worry. You don't you have nothing to worry about. You're gonna devour them. Right? Your eye will not um, pity them. And you will not worship their gods. Because it is a trap for you. So there's a very big kasha over here. Avoid the Zohar is a trap? You're not, you're not allowed to serve idols because it's a trap? You're not allowed to serve idols because it's an Avera, avoid the Zohar. The Torah is telling you over here, you shouldn't serve their idols. Because it's a trap. A trap for what? A trap to serve Avoid the Zohar? You're doing, you're serving a Vizor here, right? So, so it's saying you shouldn't serve a Vizor because it's a trap. What's it a trap for? It, it itself is an Avera. No, it's not leading you into a trap. It itself is the Avera. So what does this mean that it's a Maikesh? So the Teretz is, it's like wild. The Teretz is that, that the Teretz, the Teretz tells us that, that when you go to war with these, when you go to war with these Kanan and with these, with the enemy, so they're all gonna have a Vizoras. They're gonna have, um, internet, wifi, and all these other things, right? And well, they're gonna have a way desires. They're gonna have statues and, and idols, right? So you're gonna destroy them. Now you're gonna have their idols, but you don't believe in idols, right? You don't believe in idols. So, but you're gonna keep them. Ah, it looks cute. It's nice. It's in front of the house. You know, if you've ever seen in like Bensonhurst, they have these statues, right? Caesars. There's these statues, right? Hey, that looks nice in front of my house. I don't bow down to it. I don't, I don't serve a Vedizara, right? The Torah tells us something very important here, a very important lesson in life. If you have an Vedizara in your house, even if you don't serve it, it's a trap. Because as long as it's there, sooner or later, it's going to trap you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna use it. So, a lot of people say, you know, I, yeah, I have, I have, I have television in my house, I don't, I don't watch it. It's in my house. When we bought the house, it was there. You know, I have I have internet in my house, but I, I don't. I don't my, my wife, my kids, but I, I don't. I never. I never look at this stuff. Terry's telling you a very important lesson in life. If it's in the house, if you have it, even if you're not serving it, even if it's not plugged in, so to say, right? You're not serving the bazaar. It's not plugged in. It's going to be a trap for you. You got to get it out of your house. If it's there, sooner or later. It's like chocolate and me, right? Made up my mind I'm not having any more chocolate, but if the chocolate's in the house, sooner or later, the chocolate's no longer going to be in the house, the chocolate's going to be in my stomach. 
But if there's no chocolate in the house, just give me an example of chocolate. If there's no chocolate in the house, then I can't eat it. If there's no avoidance there, you can't bow down to it. So the Torah is telling you that you can't even have it because it'll be a trap. And later on, later on, it's, 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 everything is in here. Um, the low, why shouldn't you bring internet and DVDs into your house? Right? There's a plastic chavav. Many years ago the Torah was written. Below savi te'eva el beisecha. And you shall not bring an abomination, a te'eva, right? Into your house. Vahayisa cherem kimoni. Ishvahayisa cherem kimohu. And it should, it, it should become banned. It should be, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be allowed. Shake to shakseni, you have to hate it. For, for it's banned. And this is a very, a very important point. And it's very hard to get to this level. So, real tshuva, right? So, the Torah is telling over here that you should get it out of your house, right? But it's going on. Okay, now it's out of my house. What do you you want from me? I took it out. You told me to take it out. I took it out. I don't have internet anymore. I I took out my movies. So now what do you want, right? The Torah is not happy. The Torah is not happy. It's not happy you took it out. It's not enough, right? It should be disgusting to you. So it has to do with doing tshuva on things. I'm not on that level. I'll be honest with you. You know, so... There are, there are times that you talk about the stuff you did when you were bad, right, with your friends, and you're like very proud of it. Not if you're proud of it, it's like, oh man, you remember that? You remember we did that? Oh my gosh, wasn't that fun? Uh-uh-uh. If that, if that's where your level of chuva is, the Torah was telling us, you didn't get rid of it. Until it becomes disgusting, Right? Until it becomes something that's disgusting to you, the things that you used to do, then you didn't do tshuva, then you didn't really get rid of it. It's very hard. We changed and we worked so hard and we gave up that stuff, you know, to hate what we did? It's a totally different level. It's a totally different level. You know, you know that I used to gamble, we talked about it, right? So like, the guys that I used to be with, and they're like, you remember when you won that? You remember that time we went there, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. No, it should be like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and it makes me sick when I think about it. I don't want to get, I don't want to talk about what I used to do. It's very hard to get to that point. That, when you get to that point, that means that you, you get rid of it. But as long as you're talking about it with like, wow, remember when we pulled that off? Remember that guy we embarrassed? Whatever. As long as it's something that you feel good about, you didn't do shuba. That's what it's saying over here. It's saying a higher level. It's saying, but it, but it, it has to be something that echoes you. I don't know how to say echo in English. It, it makes you nauseous. Right? It's, it's an abomination. It makes you nauseous. So, certain movies, right? To look, to watch the movie. So I don't want to watch this movie. It's not for me. I'm a better, I'm, I'm above that. I'm better than that. But when it becomes like, are you crazy? When I watch that, it makes me nauseous. It makes me sick. I don't want to watch this stuff. That, that's the level that Terry is telling you that a person, if you, if you really want to get it out of your system, right? Because otherwise, what do I have to make? It's not in my house. I didn't bring it into my house. But as long as the internet is like cool or something good or, or movies are cool, even though I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself, like, where am I not on this level? Not non-Jewish music, you know? 
I still, I still like the Beatles. I don't listen to them anymore. I don't listen to the stuff that I used to listen. But I'm not going to tell you that I don't like it. In order that I worked on myself, but I didn't get to the point to say like, oh my gosh, I put that in my system. Imagine I'm whilst we could be, could be talking Rocha Kodesh if, if I didn't have all that stuff that I did when I was a kid and all that stuff that I listened to and I looked at. I would have been so holy. I could have been Rav Chaim Kainevsky and now I'm not. Right? I feel really bad. It really bothers me. It doesn't. It, I'm, what do you mean? Why should it bother me? I, I, I gave it up. I only listen to Jewish music. So I'm a tzaddik. No, you're not there yet. If you, if you still enjoy it when you go into CBS and you hear that song and you're like, oh, I know those words. You know, I remember that concert. I remember that. Then you're not there yet because, again, I'm not telling you you need to be there at this point. But this is what the Torah was telling us. Don't bring it to your house and, 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 and shock it. It has to make you disgusted. It's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very, very high level. There's nothing to talk about. Also, that that he says he says that when it comes to chinuch when it comes to criticizing so the the pasuk this is a very this pasha is gives us a lot of information in, in, in interpersonal relationships and how to bring up children you should know in your heart pasuk you should know in your heart just like a father. Who, who criticizes his child to make him better because he loves him. Hashem Elokecha Miyasrecha. You need to know that a Baruch Hu loves you like, like a father. He also gives you Musr. He also gives you, the, gives you Musr. And it's very important that, and, and, and in our generation specifically, that you, you have to have consequence. You can't just let kids do whatever they want. You think you're being nice to them, you're really, really hurting them because in the rest of their life, when they're married, they have a job or whatever it is, they're going to have consequences. So if you're bringing them up in a house, right, with this new psychology that, you know, if they want to, I'll, I'll tell you a story that happened today. I didn't really want to talk about it, but when something happens the day, the day of my shear, you really need to talk about it. So, so, so this girl came to my office today and um, she really, really fell in her Yiddishkeit really far. Far down, very fast. So I'm sitting with her and I, and I asked her, I said, you know, there's a rule. And this is a very important rule. So, um, when you get a base Yaakov girl, or let's say a from boy, right? And all of a sudden, the, the, not the boy, we're talking about the girl now, her, her skirt is short and she's got 15 earrings and she's not, she's totally dressed like a kid on the street, right? All of a sudden, Something happens when you have a boy who's in seventh grade till seventh grade is getting straight olives, and all of a sudden in eighth grade he's failing, or he used to be a happy guy that's very very social and he's uh, and he's got a great personality, and all of a sudden he's not talking to anybody. You need to know that something happened. Now, I'm telling you from thirty seven years of experience. Okay, nobody leaves their environment. Nobody changes their natural environment unless they're pushed out of that environment. So a Basyakov girl doesn't wake up one morning when she's 16 years old, get out of bed and say, that's it. Short skirts. I'm going, I'm going to get my ears pierced. You know what I'm saying? Even a tattoo. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with boys now. Hello? No. No such thing. I'm telling you there's no such thing. When somebody leaves your environment, something happened to push them out of the environment. 
Floridians don't go to Alaska. Alaska people don't go to Florida. I never understood, but now that I experienced it, I understand. By Avraham Avinu, the sign of Lech Lecha, why is that a test? He didn't have children, right? He's an old man. Him and his wife have no children. Um, he, he's not well liked. I mean, he's, he's being a car of people, but he's, the rest of the world believes in Avodah Zarah, right? Hashem shows up and says, Avram, Lech Lecha Ma'atzka, Walazim Meitzavicha, if you go, Alaret Hashem Eka, High School of Great God, no! You're going to have children, you're going to be a billionaire, you're going to be the head of the world. Anyone in this room that wouldn't go? That's a test? You know, move out of Brooklyn, any of you guys, and I'll buy you a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a brand new 20-bedroom house, $20 million in your bank account, the most unbelievable shidduch you ever had, and there'll be people lining up to get your autograph. So, like, is that a test? That's not a test. You're all out of here. You're like, Rabbi, when? Tomorrow morning? We're out of here, right? So what's the test? What's the test? What's the test for Avraham Avinu? Where is it a test? And the answer is that even if I promised you all this stuff, for you to leave Flatbush, your family, your friends, your job, your language, you're not going. If someone came to me and said, you're Wallstein, you can come down to Dallas, Texas, and we'll buy you a crazy house and a private jet, and we'll pay you, we'll put enough money that you'll never have to work for the rest of your life. I'm, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm not, what, what do you mean, Rabbi? We're giving you millions of dollars. Not interested. Why? My family, or Yitzchak, you guys, or Nava, right? My, 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 I know where to shop. I know where to daven, Shema Shabbos, before the morning my rib, right? I'm not giving this up. I'm happy where I am. So, to get someone to leave their environment? Willingly? Something has to really happen. So anytime I meet a kid who's going like this, or an adult who's going like this, and all of a sudden, boom, I look at exactly, I don't look at till here, I look at that point where they drop, I'm like, okay, like on a graph. Tell me when you were 12 years old, that's when you started going this way, tell me what happened to you when you were 12 years old. And I always, there's always something that happened. Okay, why am I telling you this? So this girl's in my office, and I'm like, so you like your parents? No. Not, not unexpected on a teenager's answer, not, not that I was shocked, right? I said, why don't you like your parents? She goes, well, there's a member of my family that smokes a lot of marijuana. And that person wasn't talking to my parents. So they went and they were told that to get back a relationship with my brother, they have to buy him the marijuana. You hear? Now some of you might agree with this, and some of you may not. Of course I don't agree with this, because what do you mean? Buy you the marijuana? I should buy you the marijuana, right? Yes, because you want to be his friend. I'm like, hey, if that was how God ran the world, there'd be no atheists. If you could do whatever you want, and when you want to do something like bad, he's gonna, God would come down and give it to you? Everyone's going to believe in God. I'm like, well, what kind of chinuch is that? I said, but let me ask you. I said to the girl, why? Listen to this. Why does that have an effect on you? Okay, so your brother's, your brother's a pothead. 
and your parents are buying them the pot. How does that affect you? She goes, what do you want to know how it affects me? That my parents don't have money. All the money they had, they gave to buy my brother's pot. I needed a dress. They didn't have money for my dress. I needed to go to the store to get something. They didn't have money for the store. They only had money to buy my brother pot. So I said to myself, hmm, my brother's pot they have money for. My clothing they don't have money for. So I, I got to do what my brother's doing. I got to go off to Derek. I got to start smoking pot. And then all of a sudden, my parents are going to buy me whatever I want. How do you get what you want? By being bad. Then they'll buy you what you want. Being good, nobody buys you what you want when you're good. Like, who, who goes over to a kid who's learning? A guy who's smoking, smoking a cigarette on Shabbos on Ocean Parkway. There's 30 rabbis going over to him. Send you to Israel, we'll take you to Florida. Oh, you need a new suit, we'll buy you a suit, buy you shirts. How about new Nikes, right? We'll get you whatever you want. And the guy, you ever see someone walking to the base mission or Yitzchak and say, oh, you're really steiging? Here's two tickets to Israel round trip. No. No, you got to be out on the street in Ocean Parkway on Shabbos. Ooh. So the good kids are saying, hello. The only way to get attention or get anything is to be bad. But that's not, that's not the chinuch. So the Torah tells us, and I don't care anybody if they have the biggest guddle signing on their paper. Right? I don't care who they are or what they have signed on the paper. The Torah is the Torah. So no guddle would sign such a paper. But the Torah says the following. The Torah says, listen to me. Yes, you, a, a father, listen to what the Torah is saying. And you should know in your heart, the same way a father criticizes his child. When Hashem criticizes you, when there's a consequence, it's only because you're his child. Now, how could you get up and say that you're not allowed to criticize, you know, it's against therapy or it's against the rules to criticize your child. You only have to tell them all the time, you're good, you're special, you're unbelievable. The Torah is telling you, the way you criticize your son is the way I'm going to criticize you. Means that the Torah is saying that you criticize your son. So how can anyone religious who learns the Torah say anything different? It doesn't mean abuse your son. It doesn't mean beat your son. Yaseh means to criticize. Even a strong criticism. And the Torah is telling you that when Hashem gives you a consequence, and when, I, when, when, when the Torah tells you to do something that, this, that it's wrong, it's coming from a loving place, a beautiful passage. And Hashem is telling, who wrote the Torah? Hashem is saying, I want you to know, Hashem alikechem yasrecha, the same way a loving father has to criticize his son, and you can't buy them pot. You gotta tell them it's no good, and it's wrong. Maybe have a little bit of money for your daughter, who's doing the right thing, so now, she wouldn't be off the derech. There's a passage in the Torah. Okay, onward. Torah goes further. And it knows the human being. And what does it say? And Kajbah who says, you're going to forget me when you're doing well, right? Where does it say this? It says this. No, 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 no. It says this. Here. You're going to forget me. You're going to be eating. You're going to be satisfied. 
and you're going to buy and build yourself some beautiful mansions, Yashafta, and you're going to dwell there. you build, and you're going to gather a lot of properties. Because of Azar, you're going to make a lot of money. And everything is going to multiply. The Ram what happens to a person when he's very successful? He becomes a big shot, and his heart becomes high. The Shachachta is Hashem Lekecha, and you're going to forget God. And what are you going to say? Listen to this pulsing. So, what happens to a person when you're, when you're, there's a very famous story where this guy was drowning, and he was on a boat, and the boat, the boat sunk, and it was like in the middle of the night, and he was, um, he was like drowning, and he said, God, if you save me, right, if you save me, I'll give you all my riches. He was very rich, he said, what do I, you know, if I die, what, 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 I don't need it. Just, just want, I just want to live. And all of a sudden this piece of, uh, wood goes floating by, and he grabs onto it. Oh, he has a shot, right? He's got the wood, and he's floating in the ocean, it's not so bad anymore. He's like, listen, Hashem, you know what I said before, I was desperate, I was a little bit, you know, I was dying, you know, but if you save me, I'll, I can keep a quarter. And you'll get three quarters. Okay, also good, right? The next morning the sun comes up, and he sees that he's not so far from an island. He's out in the water, he's not so far from the island. So he's like, listen, why shouldn't we be partners? I mean, I worked to make all this money, right? And you're God, so 50-50. I mean, I did the work, right? It should be 50-50. 50-50. Anyway, gets a little bit closer to, gets a little bit closer to the, to the, to the beach. He's already close to the sand. He's getting, he's getting closer. And he's like, uh, I don't understand, like, you need money? You're God. Like, you really, you really need money? Okay, tzedakah, you know, whatever. You have to give a, 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 you have to give a fifth. You have to give a fifth for tzedakah. Okay, I'll give you a fifth, 20, 20%. I'll give you 20%. And he gets onto the beach, and Baruch Hashem, there are people on the beach, and they even have a boat. And he's like, he looks up to Shemayim, and he says, you know, you know, really thank you, I really appreciate it. But I was just thinking about it, like, you don't, you don't need money, you, you're the one who gives the money. So what do I have to give you money for? You, you, you give me money. So forget about it. You know what I told you before? You don't need any money. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of everything. So when he thought he was dying, he was 100%. Right? right? So listen to what the Torah tells us. The Torah tells us. And that's, that's when you, when you, when, it's the parking spot. You know that story with the parking spot, right? God, he, he has an 8 o'clock meeting. If he's going to be late, they're not going to see him. And he's like going around the block, going around the block, going around the block. There's no spaces. And he's like, God, I promise you, I promise you, if you find me a spot from this business meeting, if I make money, I'm giving half of it to you. And also he comes around the corner and his car pulls out. He goes, ah, forget it, I found my own. That's the human being. So the pussy here tells us that this is what's going to happen. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Barmata, you did very well. Barmata, you're going to say in your heart, my own hands, my own strength brought me this money. So listen to what the Torah is telling us. It's like, it's like, it's pitiful, but it's, it's unbelievable. So the Torah is telling us, so here you have this guy who's walking around with his head in the sky. I made all the money. I'm the genius. I'm the brilliant guy. By the way, one of the proofs in Kahelis, one of the proofs of Shlomo Melech that God created the world is that stupid people, not always, but stupid people sometimes make a lot of money and very wise people. 
sometimes make no money. It should be the other way around. So it's a proof that God, money zuzim, money goes from here to there, from here to there. My father, I remember when I, I was in yeshiva, so I got married, I was 20, I just came out of New Yeshiva, so um, I wanted to go to college, I wanted to be a big businessman. So I told my father, I want to go to business school, I want to go to college, I want to get an MBA. So my father says, you want to go to college? Why do you want to go to college? I'm like, I want to get a degree so I can be a big, a big businessman. My father was a very smart man, he goes, and who's going to teach you how to be a good businessman? I'm like, the professor. And he's like, if he, if he was a good businessman, why would he be a professor? <laughs> professor makes $70,000 a year. That's not a good businessman. He says, if you want to learn how to do a big businessman, my father was a big businessman, he says, come with me to all my meetings, go to the factory, I'll teach you the business. Why would you go to a guy who's making $70,000? So there's a very famous story. Um, this guy got invited, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's very famous. This very big business, famous businessman got invited to an Ivy League college because he gave them so much money, they were giving him a PhD, you know, uh, making him a, a doctor, you know, because of the money that he gave, they're making him a doctor, so with my graduation, he was asked to go get up and speak, and they thought, this guy has a huge, famous corporation, I'll, I'll tell it to you after this year, but there's a huge, because this goes on, online, whatever, it's a huge, huge corporation, and it was so hush if he got up to speak, they figured, this was a business school, this guy's a billionaire, he's very famous, he's going to talk about the importance of education, so he gets up. This is what he says. He says, I want to tell you one thing about school, about college. He says, I've learned one important lesson. The A student, professor, the A student teaches the B student how to work for the C student. Professor teaches the guy who comes to school how to work for him. He was a miserable dropout in school. He did terrible, right? So he got up and he was like, the A student teaches the B student how to work for me, how to work for the C student. I'm not saying you shouldn't get an education, I'm just saying. So when people, when people, when people get money, they feel they get knowledge. You know, I, I, I go to people sometimes for money for Anava, they give me advice. Because they're rich people, I go to, to raise money, right? All of a sudden they they know everything about everything. The two day, before he was rich, he knew nothing about nothing. But now he's rich, so you, you, you know, you go for money, Everyone has advice. No, you're doing that wrong. No, you got to change that. Hey, man, I didn't come to you for advice. Like, write me a check? No. And when you want to get advice from somebody, he's like, oh, you want advice? I charge. So when you want advice, they take money. When you want money, they give you advice. It's the way it works in the world. Money has a power to corrupt, but not to corrupt that you're stealing. When you're successful, and by the way, I, I feel very much that's the one of the lures of the game of poker. Because... People who are losers, I know guys, right, that fell into this, they're losers their whole life. They could not make money, their, their wife doesn't respect them, um, they, they, they didn't do well in school, they're, they're losers, but when they play poker and they get lucky, it's luck, right, they get lucky. It hasn't, it, 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 the world trying to tell everyone that it's bluffing and brains and ESPN and they made it the whole sport and never, so many Jewish kids fell into this whole thing like, you know, I win po- in poker because I'm smart. Listen, if you have no cards, you're not winning. If you, if you have four, 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 you know, four of a card, you're winning. You're winning no matter how, how smart everyone around the table is. Right? The bottom line, they're trying to trap you. They're trying to tell you that, you know, that this game has, what's the godless of the game? What's the godless of the game? Why do people like to play it? Because when you win, you put your hands out like this and you pull it to yourself. You're looking at everyone around the table. You're all losers. Because it's mine. 
And this guy who's a loser in his life, he goes home, he's a loser, right? But for that moment that he happened to have gotten lucky, he's taking all this money and it becomes tears. And he's pulling it towards them and he's looking at all of them. I beat you all. See, I'm not a loser. All right? At the end of the night, he probably will be a loser. But at that point, he feels good about himself. And all of a sudden, he knows how to play poker. He can give you advice on what buying and selling. He'll give you advice on the market how to trade currencies, he'll give you advice, politics, all of a sudden, he knows all the politics in the world, because because he made some dollars, right, that, that's what happens to a person, so the Torah, listen to what the Torah is saying, the Torah is saying, we know what's going to happen, you're going to have money, and you're going to have houses, and you're going to have beautiful cars, right, <laughs> I did this, right, so the Torah tells us, remember, remember God, because so the Torah is not saying that you're stupid. The Torah is saying that who gave you the koyach, who gave you the life, who gave you the brains to be able to let's say you are very smart to add and subtract. Who gave this to you, right? The manhakim is bisa shenir and the reason Hashem is giving you this. Because the promise that he gave Abraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. So, so the passage is telling us here that when you feel all full of yourself, realize and remember that you could not wake up in the morning, you could not pick up your finger, you could not think, you cannot hear, you cannot see, you cannot talk, if it wasn't for a Kurdish Baruch Hu. So even if you think that you're very smart and all that, the bottom line is without God, you could do nothing. So don't become a big shot and give tzedakah and don't walk around like you who knows what, because you're not. Because you're not, because it all comes from Akadish Baruchu. And the Torah know, knew, knew that the trap of the Jews coming in, now you have to remember the Torah, who, who the Torah, who's the Torah warning here, guys? You're talking about a nation that came out of Mitzrayim, that got the Torah, that cleansed, that cleansed the 40 years, all the people from, from, from all the people from, from the Razum are gone. And the Torah is still telling these Jews, right, that are on this level, that we know, and on the highest level that you are, you're going to go into Israel, you're going to capture all the Goyim, you're going to make a, find gold and silver and beautiful houses, you're going to be very rich, you're going to fall. You're going to think, that's what do you mean, what do you mean, you guys went to war against seven nations and you won, and you know that Hashem helped you, right? But the bottom line is, that's what money does. That's what money does. Money corrupts a person. And, and everyone's like, when I make a lot of money, I'm going to be different than anyone else. And I'm going to give tzedakah. How many times we say that to ourselves? And I'm going to give more than anybody else. Just when I, when everybody, when I win that lotto, right? When I win that lotto, I'll give you half. Yeah, right after you win the lotto, you're not giving me half. So I, they asked once a big rub. How come? People always say that. If I win lotto, I'm building yeshivas. I'm giving kailels, right? But then, when people become very rich, the same guy not, didn't win a lot, became very rich, he doesn't, he doesn't give anything. Why? So the Rav answered, he said, because when you don't have the money, there's no Yetzirah. No, Yetzirah doesn't, doesn't mess with you. He's like, I'm going to waste my time with you. You don't have money. When you have the money, then I'll show up. When I show up, you're not going to give anything. So there's no Yetzirah. Guys, if I win 100 million water, I'm going to give away, I don't need so much, I'm going to give away 75 million. And you're like, this guy is such a cheap guy. Why is he talking like that? Because the Yitzhar is like, I'm not bothering him. He doesn't have it. When you have it, it's much harder to give. It says the test the test of a rich man is much harder than the test of a poor man. The test of the Muna of a rich man is much harder than the test of a Muna. The poor guy has nothing. Where are you, Hashem? 
he has a much less test than the rich guy because the rich guy all of a sudden the, the more money he makes the more money he makes it, it comes out that you know once it comes out you get you, again it's also based on my new safer right which is Hakar Satov because because being thing it's that it's, that I created this and it's mine is the biggest kafetov is the biggest unappreciation for that he gave it to you that, and and we know there's no there's no potential in a kafetov okay um, I want to learn also just the thought I was driving the other night I was thinking to myself while I was driving so I, you, you, anyone who drives you look in your mirrors all the time you look in your your, your Right? In your, in your rear view mirror, and you look at your two side mirrors, and it's automatically after a while. You're always looking in your mirrors, you're always looking in your mirrors. But you're not, you're not driving backwards, you're driving forwards. You're looking through your windshield, but you're, you're driving forwards, but you're always looking backwards. So it's a person in his life has to do the same thing. You have to drive forward, but you gotta be always looking on your, you always have to be prepared. You have to be looking on your sides, you have to be looking at where you come from and understand your trials and your tribulations. We don't, we don't live in our past. We don't live in our past, but we have to learn from your past. Your past is really, you know, what makes you who you are. So a person has to always be conscious of, of the Yitzhah, he's got all these moves, like you see, it's a mikesh, it's, it's a big trap, it's a net, so it's called a net, whatever it is. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have your eyes forward, but you gotta know what's on your sides and what's behind you. You, you gotta know what, you, know, you gotta know what's going on. That way you won't get caught, you know. Just, while I was driving down the road, I was thinking to myself, everything in the physical world is in, the, in everything in the spiritual world is in the physical world. In the spiritual world, you need to have a rear view mirror and two side mirrors. And if you load yourself up too much in the bag, you can't see behind you. So don't load your back seat too, don't load your, the back of you too much. Don't overload the back, and then you can't see what's going on. Anyway, there's a kaviyasha, I don't want to go through the whole kaviyasha. If you want to look at it, it's, it's, it's 66 and it's very scary. Um, but I do, I do want to read you something here. He talks about, very interesting. Okay. It's in Pashas Lechlecha. It's in Pashas Lechlecha. And he says the following. I learned the whole thing, but it's very, very scary. And he says the following. When the, when the four kings fought the five kings, right? So they had a little discussion at the end. Listen to this. It's unbelievable. I never learned this before with anyone. So he goes to the war. Melech Saddam. Ah, here we go. We have Melech Saddam al Avram. Avram at this point, and the king of Saddam says to Avram, "Tainly an Ephesh, give me, give me the people, give me the people back that you captured, the Harachosh Kachloch, and the property you could keep. I don't want the property. You give me the Nefesh." I'm not taking a, I'm not taking a, a, a thread. I'm not taking a shoelace. I don't want you to say that you made Avram rich. Now listen to this, listen to this unbelievable zayar. And the zayar says the following. Now who's the melech sedaim? So the Zayah says the Satan, the Malcham right? The bad guy. When the Neshama of a Tzadik, of a, of a, of a Tzadik, leaves his body, 
I told you many times that the tzaddik has to go over Gehenna, or a bridge over Gehenna, or the door of Gehenna, right? And it's brought down its form. Why? Because he has to take a little bit of responsibility. He was a tzaddik, and there are people in his door that are in Gehenna. So he has to feel a little bit bad that he didn't save them. And he wants to daven. He's at the door of Gehenna, and this tzaddik wants to daven. He because tzaddikim have an unbelievable power. That through davening at the door of Gehenim, they're given permission to pull out bad people from Gehenim. You hear this? So, the gatekeeper of hell is standing there. He's called the king of Sodom. So, he is standing opposite the tzaddik. So you have the tzaddik standing by the door. He wants to pray for these people. And you have this, this terrible malach, or, or, the, or actually the sultan, who's standing there and he's not letting him do it. He's opposite the tzaddik. Shinikra, who's the tzaddik? Aleph, Bej, Reish, Mem, Avram. He doesn't want the tzaddik to daven. Why? He says, he says, so what am I working here for? They throw them into Gehenna and you take them out. So what am I doing here? I don't, I don't have a job. So the king of Sodom, this Malach says to the, to the, to the, to the Tzadik, you're Tzadik. Why would you want to take out these bad people, they didn't listen to their rabbis, their rabbis and their rabbis. And not only that, they, um, they were fresh, they were, they were anti-Sadiqim. So this Malach, the Satan, the, the, the guardian of, of, of hell, of Gehenna, says, they belong to me. Risham Haim. They're, 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 they're evil. The Yavdu, let them be destroyed. Achain, but he says, Thank you. But the Tzadik says, no, even though they didn't listen to the Rabbeim, and even though they weren't Makabel, the Tabidei Chachamim, right? And even though they didn't do any Tshuva, they still belong to the Tzadik. Why? Why are the tzaddik? Because the tzaddik, at least when he gave them musr, they thought about a little bit in their head to do tshuva. You hear this? So because they didn't do tshuva, and because they thought about maybe doing tshuva, that tzaddik who gave them musr has a right to pull them out of Gehenna. They didn't do tshuva, they weren't tzaddikim, but they thought about what he said, and they were like, maybe I should do tshuva. He says, those Risham you can take out again. They had a machshava, they were thought to do tshuva. And therefore, if the, if the tzaddik prays for them, he could take them out. How do we know this? So we see in the Pasuk that the Melech Shadom said to Avram, Right? In the Pasuk, what did he say? Give me the nefesh. I want the, 
I want the Risham. Who didn't listen to their teachers. But they, they made fun. Oh, the rabbi said that. You shouldn't do that. What? He's, he's old fashioned. The rabbi is prehistoric. Yeah, we heard that. Some people said that about me. We know that, right? Right. When I spoke about Zumba, oh, he's that. He's prehistoric. Oh, oh, how can rabbis, they don't understand. Well, they're from a different world. Whoa, right? Go back to the Stone Age. Yeah. We'll see what happens in the next world, darling. But if they thought for a second, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should listen to this. Then the tzaddik can take them out. And the bad, the people who did wrong and listened to the people, the tzaddikim who criticized, and they were, and they were, they were makabalit. The Simcha, the and they didn't make fun of the rabbi. They belong to the tzaddikim. The rabbi has a right to take them out of Gehenim. But the angel at the door makes the tzaddik swear that he will not take from the bad people who belong to him. That did not listen to the voice of the chachamim. And that's from the Pesach. He promised he will not daven for the people. In other words, if you listen to the rabbi, and even though you didn't change, but you didn't, you didn't make fun of him, you didn't make fun of what he said, right? Then you belong to the tzaddik, he can take you out of, out of, out of Chatram, out of Gehenim. He says, but the, but the people who and who embarrassed him in Chachamim, he can't help them. That's what Avram said. This, this is the part that I really wanted to get to. It's important for us. So what did he say to this, uh, to this king? He said, From a string, I wouldn't take from you from a string or from a, a shoelace. This is a remez to the bad people, Shahoyim Mizauzlum the Mitzvah Sitzes. That Abraham Avinu said, I won't take from you the king of Sodom, which is the angel of hell, the angel of Gehenna. I will not take out of Gehenna. Michut, right? Michut Atrechanel. Michut is from the string, the people who made fun of the strings of Sitzes. Shemizauzlum the Mitzvah Sitzes. The whole thing believed Sitzes Ligamri. The people who didn't wear any Sitzes at all. Those people I'm not taking out of Gehenim. But Afkim Yeshnam Abba Kazir Shah's Piyashmal Tvila Enemy Yatimization. Okay. Atzwechanao. What does this mean that I won't take out a person even with a shoelace? Shame a dakim manakh's tillin. A shoelace is leather. So he's saying that a person who doesn't put on tillin, a person who's mizalzal is tillin, right? Those people, the tzaddik doesn't have to take out. And that's what he said to the Melech Sadaim. He said, I will not, I don't, I will not take even that from you. I will not take from you a person who doesn't wear tzitzit and doesn't put on tzolim. He says, I see that the world is, uh, is not so strict about this. You need to know the punishment for people who, are, who, who, who desecrate the mitzvah of tzitzit and, 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 and tzolim. And they and they make fun of people who speak Torah. They belong to the Melech Sedaim. That that he is the 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 
So now he tells the story. Once I found myself near the entry to Gehenim, and I overheard a proclamation regarding the Risham, who were making fun in their life of good people, Tzadikim, and they were going through a lot of pain, Yaisi Mikol Risham, more than any of the other people, Shemati Mikol Mabali, Lekomoy Ritzakim, Vai Vai, Dibri Tari, Dibri Yerushaman, Uli Vitalai, Zen Heitel, Lesson Lubana, we heard so much Taira, we heard so many speeches, but we didn't turn our ear, and we didn't put it in our heart, Oy Vey, Dibri Chachamim, Sheparshinullah, Nitzchabanesh, but he says in the end, in the end of the whole thing, he says, beautiful, he says, We'll end with this. If a person would think about this, and he would get rid of his gaiva, right? He would cast aside his pride. And that's what it says here. Not, this is, not to be about gaiva. And he'll listen to his teachers. And he'll set aside Torah every day. Even if he doesn't do tshuva what he did wrong. Tzaddikim will help and they'll take him out. Surely, that's if he doesn't listen. But if he listens, for sure. If he does tshuva, as well as he does he'll be saved from all this bad. And how abundant is your goodness that you have hidden away for those who fear you. He will get ganeden. There's so much waiting for him. So we see from here that a person has to be very careful Number one, not to ridicule Chachamim. Even if you don't agree, keep your mouth quiet, right? And, and, and you cannot ridicule, you can't talk about rabbis in a, in a, in a derogatory way. We also see the Chashivas, a person who puts on sitzes and puts on tillin, the tzaddikim will be able, Chashvisham, I'm sure nobody who's watching or listening will go to Gehenim. But if Chashvisham, someone goes to Gehenim, and he put on tillin and sitzes, then, um, then he'll be pulled out of Gehenim. So the women who are watching this are thinking, well, what about us? Right, we don't wear sitzes and tillin. So the same Kavayosha says that Tznius by a woman is the same as Tznius by a man. Because just like Tznius you wear, whether it's a Wisharkem, when you look at them, you remember the mitzvahs of Hashem, you remember that you're Jewish. When a person's dressed Tznius, a woman's dressed Tznius, she also remembers, look at me, I'm dressed differently than everybody else. It's the same thing. So he says that a, that a woman's mitzvah of Tznius is Tznius, and I think it's the same gematria, or it's close to the same gematria, I don't know, he figures it out in here, whatever it is, and it's interesting because we figured out, it must be 15 years ago, in this, not in this room, within the big room, somebody had a calculator, and I think we figured out that if you wear Tznius from when you're by mitzvah, and you live 90 years, there are a billion seconds. And you get a mitzvah Tznius every second, so if you wear your Tznius all the time, you come to Shemayim and you'll get a billion mitzvahs. Imagine you come up to Shemayim and they're like, you know, you could have gotten a billion mitzvahs, why don't you wear Tznius? Oh, they, they, they itching. So they're itching, but now it's going to be itching a lot more up there than, than down here. So Tznius is like a mitzvah you don't even have to think about, and you get it every single second. It's an unbelievable mitzvah, right? So, so the, the minute I gave this shir and the girls heard it, oh, sure, you guys come to Shemayim. And from by mitzvah to 90, you have a billion mitzvahs. And what about us? I said, once again, you totally are wrong. Because if Tznius, it sitzes, we start when we're 13. When do they start? When they're 12. So if they live till 90 years old, they have more seconds than we do, not less. I said, again, you think you're getting the raw deal. You're not getting the raw deal. You have more seconds than we do. You have a billion plus whatever it is. So 
it's very important that we wear our tzitzes and we put on our tefillin and that chas v'shalom, even if we don't agree and someone, a, a rov says something, whatever, you're not allowed to make fun. You're not allowed to make fun. Like he said, even if the guy didn't listen, but if he thought in his heart, you know, maybe I should change, it's enough. The, the satan said, you can take him out of Gehenna. That's unbelievable. He just thought about it. Then he said, nah, I'm not going to listen. But just by thinking about it. So there's a lot of rachamim. So Hakish Baruch Hu caused it, created this cleaner, it's called Gehenna, but you don't have to go there. There are many persons, Shemir Bris, of Ramavino doesn't let him in there. Right, a person in ECE, a person puts out tefillin, a person puts out tzitzis, a person doesn't make fun of rabbis. Uh, I, I'll just tell you very fast. There are three, it's in Rashi's Chachma, it's brought down, there are three courts in Shemayim when a person dies that his neshama can go to. There are three different courts. The court of God, the court of rabbis, and the court of angels. This is brought in the, in the Sefer called Rashi's Chachma. And there's something called Mesechtis Gehenna, you don't have to learn it, right? It's pretty severe stuff. So, so these are the three judges. So it sounds like this. Anyone who goes into the courtroom of God comes out kulei zakai. Anyone who goes in there comes out innocent. Anyone who goes into the courtroom of the rabbis, chatsi chatsi. Some get it, some come out okay, some come out innocent, some come out guilty. All those who go into the court of the malachim come out guilty. Because the malachim have no patience. They stand by Hashem, they don't understand how we can even do an avera. So you're done. You walk in there and you have averas, you're done. So he asks, so, so why do some people go into one, why do some people go into the other? He says, person who had a moon of his whole life in Hashem, and treated Hashem like his, like his father, Hashem says, come to my court, Kuli Zakai, because the father would never find guilty his son. So, a person who is very close, he's, he's in, he's in, he's good. A person, it wasn't so connected to Hashem. Right? But he was connected to his Rabbanim, his Rebbe, right? So he goes to the Bezdin of, of, of the rabbis. He says, but a person who in his lifetime made fun of the rabbi, well, they don't know, right? So now he comes up to Shemayim, and he's like, well, he's not close to Hashem. He's like, I want to go to the rabbi Bezdin, I want to go to the, the Malach Bezdin. But the rabbi said, everything's me, the connected me. Why would you want to come to us? You, you call us all kinds of names. Why would you, why would you want us to be your judges? You said, we don't know what we're talking about. You said, we're foolish and old. You said all these things. So, so if you felt that way, why, no, you can't come here. So that person ends up by the Malachim, Kuloi, Kuloi, Zchayev. So, in this world, you gotta set up, you, you're setting up in this world your judgment in the next world. So of course the best is to be the closest to Baruch Hu. And if that's where you're at, that's the best you're gonna go to. But if you can't, if you can't get to that level, at least be close to a Rebbe. Asalacha Rav. Right? Asalacha Rav. Make him into, make him, make him, make him into a, in, into a Rav. It's, it's, it's like a creation. Asalacha Rav. Kneelacha Chava, but Asalacha Rav. Have a Rebbe, have somebody. You know that if you messed up a little bit, he'll come get you out. At least he'll come get you out, that's for sure. Anyway, on the opposite side, we say in Pekiyavas, call Yisrael Yeshlem Lechelech Leilam Hava. Every Jewish person, every Neshama, and every Jew in the world, no matter who he is, has a Chelech in Leilam Hava, and the Chelech in Leilam Hava should be talking Gan Eden, it is Gan Eden, and we should be Zeicha, we should be Zeicha talking to see Mashiach, and that if we, we should be successful, Without the Gaiva. We should be successful. We Hashem, right? We should be successful and we should know where it's coming from. And I feel that in Mitz Hashem, the, the book is done. It's already at the printer. And in two weeks, it's coming out. And I feel very, very much that, uh, 
that I was I was interviewed by a few people, and their question was, why Hakar Satov? Like, why do you say Hakar Satov is so important to relationships? And the answer is very simple. If if someone does something good for me, if anyone in this room does something good for me, what does that mean? Number one, you're giving me recognition that that I exist. You did something good for me, right? So you did something for me. So you gave me recognition that I exist. That's the toughest thing to get in this world, is to get recognition. On top of that, you you must love me or care about me if you did something good for me, right? So automatically, if if I am makir tov, if I if I if I recognize that you did me a good, right? So so first of all, it makes me very happy that that somebody cares about me, right? And second of all, I I, I want to be I want to have a relationship with you. Because you're somebody who actually cared about me. You're somebody who actually did something for me. So I want to do something back for you. So now you're going to be Makatov. So we're, all of a sudden you recognize that I exist and I recognize that you exist. And all of a sudden you have this crazy relationship that's based on what? It's based on the good. Not the hate, not the evil, but the good. That's the basis of a relationship with God. If I understand that God did something good for me, that means that He cares about me. That means that He exists. Atheists... Right? Have no akrasatov. They, they don't, they don't have no gratitude. Why? Because flowers and fruits and water and the rainbow and a waterfall and the sunrise just happened. So if something just happens, then I have no relationship with that. What? No one did, no one did anything for me. I don't exist. You understand? Nobody did anything for me because it happened. If I believe in Hashem, so He did something for me. So then I have a, so then we have a relationship. But if, if it just happened, so, so no one recognized me, because no one did anything for me, no one recognized me, and nobody cares about me, nobody loves me, so I'm going to become a miserable, miserable person. So the whole atheism is, 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 is there's no relationship. It's based, it's based on nothing happening. Things just happen randomly. So, so that's why when you have appreciation, a husband and a wife and a father and a child, and, and, and us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is, that is the, the, the refuel. That, that puts, that puts every, every, you know, everything together. So we talk, we should, we should, we should work on our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Last, last week at this time was Tuesday night, was right after Tisha B'Av. Baruch Hashem, it's a week later. Yesterday was, was a, was a very, very big day, was, was Tuba, was the biggest Simcha, which is Taka this week's parasha, because all the girls, no matter how rich you were, and no matter how much you wanted the guy to look at you and you wanted the shidduch, all the girls took their clothing and traded it. So nobody knew who was rich and who was poor. And it says that that for Hashem is the greatest yantif of the year. Not Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim. Not Harsinai. No. When his children get along. When his children give to each other so that nobody should know the difference when there's Achtos in Klai that is the biggest yantif. Maybe Zaycha to see the ultimate Achtos of the coming Mashiach. I need to admire so we can dive in here, I guess. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.